Welcome to Machine Learning. I find it always interesting to think about self-service. Like, for example, with natural language processing, we can have now kiosks, AI kiosks, that can talk to you in a natural language conversation. And that's actually incredible to be able to talk to a machine and for the machine to understand what you're saying using neural machinery. How's that even possible? Well, words are in sequence are basically probabilities. So if we take a series of words put together, we can learn from 175 billion parameters, the neural machinery figures out the probability of what the next sentence will be. And I'm kind of wondering if that's the way our brain does it. We hear fragments of sentences and then we, we pattern match against that to understand maybe a concept or have a frame of reference in which the person's talking to us about. And um, so our brains are constantly doing pattern matching based on uh, phrases that are being said. Now, one of the things that I find also very important is the concept of customer service. And there was a book written called Dazzle. Um, let's see, let me get that. Uh, dazzle me and it uh, was uh, uh, written by an author named David Lee and one of the important things that he brought out in his book is it's not important it's not good enough to just be good you must be exceptional or the wow factor and um, so as companies are looking at ways to concentrate on their core strengths increase profitability with their existing paying customers, especially the customers who are paying the most. They need to be not just good, but be exceptional. And how do you become exceptional? Well, um, there's a couple of factors that he points out that this is how you become exceptional. Exceptional. Number one, be fast. Number two, be flexible. Number three, be friendly. Number four, be a fixer. Number five, be a follow-upper. Number six, be fun. So that's his six steps to uh, going from being good to exceptional. So how do you become fast? Well, fast is is actually quite a um, long process to become fast. There's, first of all, you have to understand. You have to gain a knowledge base. You have to uh, learn a process. And then the process needs to become standardized. And the standardized process has to be <clears throat> well-defined. And uh, once you have all of these steps in place, then you can be fast. But the idea of just being fast because you want to be fast is not, not uh, realistic. Number two, how do you become flexible? Flexible is based on design. So the better your design, uh, the more flexibility you can have. And so th an example of flexibility has been data warehousing. So they're building uh, fact tables and dimensions and then understanding uh, all the data constraints and so forth, you can then uh, cut and slice through your data through various dimensions into your facts, and that's very flexible. So you can build other type of, of structures like snowflake structures where you have dimensions referring to dimensions, and uh, then you're able to slice through that data that way. And so connecting based on key values or keys uh, may 
makes uh, understanding data really easy. Now, how do you become flexible in business? Uh, well, you have to understand the customer. Uh, you, you understand the customer's needs. You empower your employees to be able to help the customer solve problems. And that, that creates for flexibility. So empowerment creates flexibility. Number two, how do you become friendly? Uh, I think that that's the basis of business is be nice. So if you can be nice, you can be friendly, you can be in business. And uh, why why do some companies then choose to not be friendly, not empower their employees and become very mechanical? Well, they become, and I would say that's because they're utility. Because if they were in a free market system, what they would be doing is they would try to be solving problems and uh, working closely too with the customer to understand what their problems that they're trying to solve and then help them come up with solutions with their products and services. Okay, and then the last one is be a follow-upper and you have to be a follow-upper to understand if your solution uh, that you helped them with actually did resolve their concerns. And so that's a, a, a huge important part of of uh, the customer experience is the follow-up or the feedback. So that completes the cybernetic cycle of feedback for improvement. So it's a continuous improvement cycle, a process standardization, you learn, you improve, you evaluate, you implement. And, and so you go through this uh, learning cycle and that learning cycle uh, then produces better results. So story after story, Book after book references Lee Hammer's home, these three ba these basic principles. He provides a, a bright gem in the middle of the book because he states that customers, uh, the customer does not think of the customer service representative as a person. They think of him as a rep of the company. That's incredible. That statement right by itself is that you, as the employee, you represent the company to the customer. And so by focusing on empowering the employee to help the customer, it actually personifies the company. So then later, as the customer talks about uh, their experience, they're actually referencing the company, and so that then promotes good word of mouth and PR. Um, the next thing is, Get the customer service rep to believe they represent the company. Empower the customer service rep with power and access to the authority to fix problems. Help the customer service rep understand the crucial role of company growth. And I've, I think that that's uh, going to become more important is that uh, employees need to understand how their company makes money, uh, why their customers like the company, and also... Uh, what what level of empowerment that it's giving them to to solve problems now for example Costco I read a book on how they empower their their employees to help their customers and they pay them really well so they pay them to, you know more than than comparable um, market pays for their employees they empower their employees and there's such a good customer satisfaction and the employees are very satisfied and the reputation of Costco improves. So I, I agree with Lee in his analysis that uh, that uh, understanding how the company grows 
and their role is crucial to company growth. So understanding their role in helping the company is crucial. And understanding you know, how the company makes money is, is incredibly important. It's not just about pulling a paycheck, it's about providing value. More and more customer service costs can be reduced by reducing the number of employees needed in the customer service force by increasing the use of technology. And again, this is what I'm thinking of as the role that uh, uh, we, the GPT-3 or uh, other self-learning systems like BERT, where you can apply question and answer, where you can ask a series of questions. It can remember the context of the question in terms of a hierarchy of responses, and it can give you possible answers to those questions or help uh, facilitate self-service to repair particular problems in the data or to uh, help them understand more completely the process that already exists and to answer uh, the questions with an expert level responses in a language or in the in a um, level of verbiage that is comprehensive and, un and capable of being understood by human beings. So the, the last step would then is as you implement these technologies that there's feedback on how well that the AI did in helping them resolve their problems or fixing uh, um, things that they, they need fixed. So using fast technology, online service agreements, easy to pull up contractual terms, getting support capability must be managed by customer demand and interaction. And that's also one of the, the real values of NLP uh, learning systems like GPT-3 is that they can learn the contractual language. They can help identify key points that may be uh, in question and help understand connotation of the the contract itself in maybe more summarized forms and help them help the the per, the customer understand the important portions of the contract that they've they've signed or what the connotations or meanings of different se segments of the the contract so basically it becomes then this um, assistant that can that knows all the information related to the case or or to the process and can facilitate workflow or help uh, in the analysis. And let's say that you know this the contracts have to do with uh, uh, building something. They can explain terms, timelines, deadlines, uh, cost, and all those factors which we now call business intelligence that we put in graphs or in uh, interactive visuals. Uh, can now be summarized in natural language processing and it can do a combination of the graphs and data queries that can create its own uh, uh, dynamic queries like dynamic DAX and uh, cut through the data and then display that. So, you you know, we don't need to have custom made Power BIs anymore. We could have AI generated uh, BIs that are responding to inquiries. And so as we have this AI uh, customized inquiry capability, then the human interaction element is reduced. And as we reduce human action, uh, the this increases uh, for a better customer service because it means 
less uh, cost per customers and uh, events and also um, more rich customer experience due to a richer interaction with the data. And so if the data is the gold, then uh, you can anticipate that it will be very valuable to the customer on the end. If the problem is not resolved immediately, the company will discover customer abandonment and migration to competitors who will provide services that are faster, better, cheaper, and help them return to a stable status. The quality of customer service is the single most important factor in maintaining customer loyalty. And so we talk about uh, AI where we're looking at customer churn and trying to make predictions of where the customer goes and then if he's going to leave or stay and then uh, providing incentives for that person to stay. So that's the economic model is create incentives and the quality of those incentives uh, are upsells are what keep, keep people from abandoning uh, the, the business. In most cases, it's just cheaper to replace the malfunctioning product than spending hour after hour attempting to remedy the problem. Customers want convenience, results, understanding, all in a timely manner. And so that's the value of AI, is that let's say that the analysis, if we were to apply a business analyst to a particular problem and say it would take a week to... Um, to find the problems, run the solution, and then give us satisfactory results. What if the AI could do that within minutes? And would not that provide greater value? And so those are the questions that have to be addressed as AI becomes more powerful. It's not going to be narrow-based, weak AI in the future. It's going to be powerful AI that can do complex tasks that a business analyst would would uh, do in terms of understanding the data, um, then transforming the data into a form that is understandable, and then presenting it. And that's the, the value that AI could provide in the, in the near future.